This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Q&A edition of Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 965. I am your host, Greg Audino, back on another Saturday with you to answer a listener's question about relationships and show you how some of the concepts we hear about a lot on the show can be put to use in real-life scenarios, scenarios that your fellow listeners have found themselves in. And just a reminder that these questions are questions that have been featured on our advice column style show, Optimal Living Advice, which is also hosted by me. And you are definitely encouraged to submit any questions of your own that you'd like my help with on the show. You can feel free to ask anything and send your questions to advice at oldpodcast.com. Advice at oldpodcast.com. Now, the question we will be looking at today is all about temptation. Simply put, our listener is wondering how to navigate all the different forms of temptation in the world, something he takes extremely seriously given his devotion to religion. So I will read the question now, but do stick around after the question is answered if you want to hear another update from our incredible online group, Vibly. More about Vibly and the feature afterwards, though. For now, we're going to get into this question and start optimizing your life. As a man of faith, I think I speak for all believers when I say that there is a lot of temptation these days in all forms. What would be your advice for handling this temptation? Short and sweet, let's do it. Good question. So, you mentioned that you're a man of faith. I think it goes without saying that temptation is sort of a hot-button topic when it comes to religion. In most religions, temptation is not just brushed off and, you know, not given a second thought. It's something to be paid extra attention to. It's done so in sort of a funny way. I'll get to that in a second, though. What I want to start off by doing is briefly separating temptation from anyone's beliefs surrounding temptation, whether that anyone is religious or not. Let's try to look at temptation completely objectively for a second. When we're tempted by something, we feel an urge to have it. Certainly, urges don't just come out of nowhere. They're driven by a desire for something we don't have, an unfulfilled need. And whether you want to call that desire good or bad based on the object of your temptation, the fact is it's desire all the same. So temptation is really our bodies, our minds way of telling us what we're deficient in. Because of this, temptation can be a great teacher, both of what we stand to gain and what we stand to lose. But it's not often treated that way. And that's what I meant when I said funny earlier. When you think of temptation in relation to religion, What comes to my mind, at least, is resist temptation. Stay in line with and don't stray from your beliefs. So while temptation is often paid extra attention to in this way, 
it's also not paid attention to because for many of us, it's easy to just dismiss feelings of temptation as being bad for us. It's easy to overlook what temptation might be teaching us about our personalities, our pasts, our lies, our ability to take risks, uh, the triggers that we might be setting ourselves up with in the environments we create for ourselves, and much more. So, it's my personal belief that everyone, regardless of their religious beliefs, owes it to themselves to at least poke and prod their temptations as a means of understanding themselves better. Consider what you might learn from them. Don't ignore them. Mind you, this is not the same as acting on your temptations, not at all. After considering your temptations at a deeper level, you might find it in your best interest to act on some of them, but that's for you to figure out. And all I encourage people to do is to at least ask themselves these questions, because whether or not a temptation should be acted on depends 100% on the situation at hand, obviously. So, my first piece of optimal living advice for you, sir, is to question temptations past and present. Are there temptations from way back when that, realistically, you might have been better off if you'd acted on? What signs from the beginning have helped you differentiate between feelings of temptation that are spur of the moment versus feelings of temptation that ran deeper than that? How have you been deficient in the areas in which you're tempted? And how important to you is that deficiency when compared to your other values? As you ask yourself these questions, you might find yourself getting into a rhythm of seeing how temptation could stand to serve you. You might even find outlets for how acting upon temptations could actually coincide with your faith or another big value of yours. Maybe you're regularly tempted to punch people out that you don't like. <laughs> One, two, three, presto, all of a sudden you're teaching a boxing class within your religious community that's based upon self-defense. That might be an absurd arrival that I just came to, but you see where I'm going with this. Now, another thing that I want to say to you and all others that hold high living standards for themselves, anyone who's passionate about religion, perhaps military members maybe, uh, or people who like dieting, whatever, it's important to understand that the more restriction of any kind that you put on yourself, the more temptation there will be. I'm not saying this is good or bad. You could make an argument for both, depending on who you are. But it is a fact. It is the natural opposite that has to come with a decision that requires commitment and restriction. There's no way around it. As a matter of fact, if you do find yourself in one of the positions I mentioned or something similar, having a lot of temptation in your life is only a sign that whatever you're involved in is big and present. For you, that's faith. You're obviously a very devoted man to be having these feelings and asking these questions, which is something I hope you feel good about. Anyone who says differently is likely just not expressing the truth of their temptation the same way that you are. So I'm going to wrap things up on a note here that uh, admittedly makes me feel a little greasy. I actually made a gregaudino.com video once upon a time called Telling Temptation, uh, one of my first ones, but one of my favorites too. I'm going to quote it. I'm going to quote myself. I realize what I'm doing here, but I'm doing it because I feel there was a good takeaway that I want all people struggling with temptation to hear. The excerpt goes, As you change, the results of your decisions stay with you. It's very natural to find oneself in a situation that's not right for one to be in and to start seeking remedies, whether they be healthy or unhealthy. And whether or not those remedies are acted upon, it is this very cycle and the observation of it that determines how our lives progress and either compounds into future temptations or enables us to find better alignment between our actions and our values. 
Well, that happened. Yeah, I quoted myself. Uh, hope everyone can look past that one and take something from the show regardless. Uh, always particularly interesting to look at certain topics through the lens of a specific belief system, uh, as, as of course our strong beliefs of any kind cause us to see common things differently from many others. So this was a great question to have answered, and I hope it was relatable for people of all religious backgrounds. But now, you know what time it is, folks. It is Viably time, and in case you've not heard about it yet, Viably is our online group which provides listeners like yourselves a chance to optimize the lives of others, so to speak, by sharing pieces of advice or recommendations in response to prompts that we actually provide on the platform. If you're interested in getting to know your fellow listeners and us hosts better, I highly recommend you join via the link in this episode's description. If you haven't already, that link says join our online group. And for those of you who like to group chat with your friends, we even have group chats in there too. Chats about self-development, health, finance, and a miscellaneous one too for anything else that might come up. Now, as for today's feature, we will look at one of our most recent prompts, and it asks you guys to tell us what you think some of the world's most pressing issues are, and maybe how you think they can be helped out. We've got some good answers in, but today we will take a look at what Kyla Saxa, one of our most active contributors, has to say. Says Kyla, quote, Oof, where to start? I'll focus on environmental preservation, primarily with waste reduction and management. Methane gas from landfills has been one of our biggest threats to our UV protective atmosphere. So in order to reduce landfill waste, we can better practice recycling and composting, both in our personal homes and in our city infrastructures. We can also practice less over-purchasing of items like food, clothing, etc., the amount of resources and waste that go into the creation of a piece of clothing or into harvesting our food is astounding. So, if we consumed less, then we can decrease the amount of direct and indirect waste. We're also facing a plastic crisis because the waste never fully breaks down and instead enters our food and water networks. So, the less plastic we consume, the better. We can choose to wear cotton instead of plastic polyester and we can swap out plastic shopping and produce bags for reusable bags made of a natural material. Other items like toothbrushes and floss can be swapped for natural bamboo or silk, and toothpaste tubes and toilet paper can be consumed plastic-free with tablets and paper-wrapped options. Even plastic razors can be swapped for all metal options. Human waste has badly damaged our planet, and if we don't shape up soon, then life on Earth will no longer be sustainable due to rising climate temperatures and further instability across ecosystems. End quote. Ooh, Greg here again, supporting Kyla's 2024 presidential campaign. Really love what she has to say here and the wonderful solutions she has offered. And they seem to be very simple solutions that we already have the resources for. Maybe just not the commitment, though. Really important to share practical solutions like this to something that affects us all, and we thank Kyla for that. It is time to wrap up here for now, though, folks. Thanks a lot for taking the time to tune in this weekend if you are listening in real time. And if so, be sure to come on back tomorrow where I will be back to narrate from our second book this week, this time courtesy of author Barbara Rappaport and her book, Reimagine. Can't wait to see you all tomorrow, everyone, where your optimal life awaits. <laughs>